This is the Three Skeevers Podcast. All right, episode 45 of the Three Skeevers Podcast. I'm Icy with Icy Fire Gaming, and I co-host with Grim over at Grim Sword Gaming. And today we have the lovely Is There No One Else for his fourth return to the podcast. And in this episode, we cover some bits about the recent news with the Update 33 hybridization, what is the best way to train new PvPers, and if there was going to be a bar class within ESO, how would we design or implement it? Hope you guys enjoy the show. Should we talk about everything that just happened the last three days? <laughs> I think hybridization is kind of an interesting topic. I'm super fearful of that, but also excited, I guess. Why are you fearful? Uh, do you want the real answer or do you want the... <laughs> I, want, I want the actual answer because the show just started 15 seconds ago. I mean, they're having a hard enough time balancing things as is, so I worry when we hybrid hybridization or hybridize all armor sets and all classes, how balance is going to be. I think we lose a little bit of diversity. There's going to be a clear-cut meta way to run all classes, you know, as opposed to kind of a clear-cut meta way to run stamina versus a clear-cut way to run magicka, and there's a little bit more diversity. So there's that. Um, I also am fearful of the spike. The, uh, you know, we have a damage spike, you know, weapon and spell damage is at all-time high right now, and so unless they start scaling healing off of max resources like max mag or max stam, it, it, there's no reason not to just go real heavy into the damage output. Um, I don't know. Like, part of it, too, played the game for seven years, and we're about to, in the next year or two, the whole thing's going to change. So I guess change is always fearful. That's my take. What do you think? Is there no one else? Uh, I, I'm waiting to see the, the patch notes myself, but, but yeah, I can see both sides. Um. It's just one of those things where it's like, I can see a point of view to where it's just going to homogenize everything. Like I saw a discussion in my Discord where people were talking about how it's going to basically mean like Stamplar is obsolete for the short term because Magplar is just better in every way. Like, why wouldn't you just be Magplar then? Um, and, I, and I've seen some of that stuff. And like some classes, like their stamina or magic counterparts are going to get pushed to the side because they're, those forms aren't as good. And at the same time, it's those discussions need to happen long term. Those adjustments need to happen. And so, so I get both of them. Like the it, the molten whip change, I thought was good because now you're seeing some DKs running molt like Stam DKs running molten whip. Um, I could see it, it. Just depends on how it's employed. But but the other thing too is is like I'm just tired of the, like the knee jerk changes, like ninety. You know, doing a one eighty here, doing a ninety here, and it just I don't know. It just feels like we're never really improving and working towards new stuff. It's like scrapping the bike and building a new one yeah well, well halfway trying to build the bike at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah that that's i think you hit the nail on the head that's the root of my fear is we aren't getting it right right now and we're talking about a whole new system so unless they have that whole new system figured out with precision you know it's just going to be chaos i think so yeah, I guess it'll be interesting once those changes do go through and where things wind up to start and then what adjustments they'll make after the fact to kind of bring everything in line 
or raise everything up that to meet where things might be overperforming in a way. But yeah. Grim, did you want to start us off with the Art of War discussion or the Imperial City one? Yeah. So last podcast we talked about, uh, I'm doing a, a training session with a guild. Uh, it's called Art of War at Chaos. You can find him. We'll put a description to their Discord. And um, this guild, um, I'm in, you know, I'm in the guild as one of the trainers in the guild. And their goal is to inspire uh, everyone to have fun with PvP, right? And so I would say there's a large portion of PvEers that are undertaking their first PvP adventures. And um, basically, the guild contacted me in regards to training. Um, IC and I were running around Imperial City, and we ran into the group. And then they reached out to us after and they said that was amazing or that was awesome can you help us we want to be good not just as a group but on an individual basis too and sure. they're viewing themselves as a university right a pvp university and we'll meet you at whatever level you're at like day one don't know anything about anything to advanced 1bx or uh ball group type play now we haven't even delved into that yet um, because we're just trying to get everyone's individual rotations and loadout and equipment right and where they should be and where they shouldn't be. But something kind of came up over the course of the week, and I'm shadowing a group, and picture this group as um, they're the tour bus for Imperial City, right? This is a bus full of PVEers that, for the most part. Um, there are some PVPers in it, but it's a new recruits bus. And they're coming through an Imperial City and they're taking a tour and they're basically talking about the basics of, you know, flipping the districts and the sewers and where they go, the sewer entrances, the world bosses, their mechanics, and the whole shebang, right? And this group, I'm shadowing the group on my Mandalorian Stamina Nightblade. And any Nightblades that try and pick on the group or mess with the group, I'm killing the Nightblades and any 1VXers that come up and mess with the group, I'm, if if I can kill them, I'll try and kill them. And if I can, I'm at least gonna um, peel for the, peel for the group, right? And just be a nuisance and then I'll peel from them if I can't kill them. Because um, there are some people that are pretty darn hard to kill. And this guy messaged me, um, he attacked the group, he's solo. He attacks the group, and they're a group of about 10 to 15 people. And he attacks the group, and this group is not a uh, circle the wagons and attack group. This is a, you know, just ignore them, let's keep moving group right now, right? And so we need to train that, be hyper-aggressive, and here's how you're hyper-aggressive. And after you kill them four or five times, they won't want to pick with, you know, mess with you anymore. Um, and they're just not there yet. Um, anyways, this person spent about 30 minutes messaging me about how I'm helping build ball groups of Zergs in Imperial City and, you know, how this, how I've gone from, you know, doing small scale to now I'm just training Zergers and stuff like that. And I could see how this is perceived this way, but the whole intention of this is this, and here's the question to you. If it were, if you were asked to train a guild 
and the atmosphere in the, within the guild is a university that tr teaches people from day one to advanced on how to PvP, and not just as a group. We're not talking legit ball group. We're not talking large group. We're not talking talking even small man group. Even all the way down to the individual level, working with them on an individual basis. Uh, over the last two weeks, I've met with probably 15 people from the guild and went through everything with them. But if this task were given to you guys, your job is to repopulate the waters, right? To inspire that love for PvP that we have, you know, and and also stem the toxic mentality or the toxicity um, and teach these people how to PvP and be humans as well and not be toxic. Um, that's my undertaking right now. That's what I'm doing. And that person's perception of what I'm doing was very interesting to me. So I thought, is there a better way? You know, is there a better way to this? So I'm going to ask two of the smartest people I know. I was like, let's ask, is there no one else? And we'll ask Icy if this was your job to teach people within a guild, how would you go about it? What was your methodology or thought process with, with this? And then also on the flip side, what is your thoughts on that person that messaged me and thoughts on, I guess, PVP and the perception of PVP as a whole? So. Would you like to go first, is there? I can try. I can try and swing at this one. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting, right? Because like every single patch or every single year we have a bunch of new players coming in and and that that's what it comes down to and this is something I'm starting to undertake this year more than ever is trying to educate newer players. And so I've I've thought about this a lot for my channel, but I've never really thought about it from a guild perspective and like what you would do from there. But I haven't th thought about it a little bit. Um, I think you really need a good core group of leaders, um, and not just one. Not like not just you. I would. It depends on the size of the group, but like five, six, seven, maybe ten people, and you guys all have like the same belief on how you're going to approach PvP. You have the same sort of joy in PvP, and you're you're willing to do uh, the things needed to help people because because the big thing is is when you're starting out, you're gonna you're gonna die a lot. Like there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Like you're not you're not very good. Uh, it's not gonna go very well. It's just, that's just that's just the way PvP is. And so, um, I think you need to have the that core group up top. And and yeah, I I think dueling within the guild makes a lot of sense. You uh, you figure out people's marks. I don't think this works so much anymore. But but. Honestly, what really helped me when I was starting off, when I was lower CP, was doing Vet Maelstrom. Um, Vet Maelstrom really helped me figure out my defensive abilities and my offensive abilities on a character. And I know, I know it's more of a PVE rotation and everything, but um, knowing where your defensive skills are is really important. Being able to use as a stamina class, using heal over times, and and you know uh, those sorts of abilities properly. Uh, really helps a lot. And so then you can apply that to duels. Like, yeah, I need to be popping Vigor when it, before I go offensive. And so, um, yeah, it's. I think that's a good start. And then from there, it's just group stuff. Now, personally, I wouldn't take a group in New Imperial City unless there are fights down there. I, I would start off just like open world. And I know... I would just rip the Band-Aid off and be like, this is what PvP is. 
and I totally get like like the ease into a point of view. Um, but it's just it's just different lines of thought for for teaching, I guess. Uh, I would just go, you know what? We're going into Cyrodiil. We're going to die a lot. We're going to respawn. And that's what PvP is. And sometimes it doesn't go your way. And you're just going to you're gonna lose. And we're going to go on to the next one. And we're going to get a couple wins. And we're going to keep building off of it. We're going to keep working on uh, getting getting wins. I, I did that with uh, a guild that I was in. We were They wanted to do some ball group stuff. And we were like a 8 to 12 man group at any point in time during the day. And half of them had never PvP'd before. And it was just like, all right. You have to listen to Crown. You have to follow here. And, and for the first couple of hours, we just died. We just died a lot. It was no big deal. It's like, oh, that's what happens. You know, we're not very good. We're not, we're not good. We're not coordinating together. We're not working together. Uh, they have more people. Like, these sorts of things are going to happen. And so um, you get from there, and after that hour, people started coordinating alt dumps. People started getting, and like we started wiping bigger groups, and and like that excitement uh, came from the success, right? Like, hey, we actually killed a lot of people there. Like that was really cool. If we keep going, and then you just kind of build off it, like, hey, that's what you do. And I mean, that's different from ball grouping, but it's I think it's the same type of learning experience for for any form of PvP. And is do we want to talk about that and then bounce to the other thing about the what the guy said, or do you want me to just say my point of view for that too yeah let's hear it all i don't know what i would tell him is it's pvp man like i'm sorry like it sucks that you your potential 1vx got ruined or, or you died it, it that's pvp you go in there and you go play solo you're gonna play outnumbered all the time and i i have it's never made any sense to me for people to get upset about getting xv1 when they want to 1vx like, like, it, like that, that entire thought process makes no sense to me. Like, you want to go out and you want to play solo. You want to get fun 1VX clips. You're not going to win every 1VX fight that you partake in. And, you're gonna, and if you're going to complain every time you lose, like, that's just not what 1VX is. More often than not, you're going to lose most of your 1VX fights. More often than not. And so if that's not something you can handle and you're going to be kind of a... A dick about it, I guess, is the best way to say it. Then maybe you should look to playing with a towards playing with a couple people so that you don't get that upset that easily. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> I remember, I forget it was maybe Grim Hollow or maybe somebody else, like back in the early days of the Skeever podcast. But somebody said they could be out for like two, four, six hours in Cyrodiil and. You know, they'll get into a bunch of 1VX fights, but they'll get one good one that they actually post because all the other ones were just not highlight worthy or nothing cool happened or they just died. So that kind of makes some sense where, yeah, you know, you're not going to win every 1VX, especially if you go against good players. You can't 1VX good players. Yeah. Yeah. No. What, how would you approach training, Icy? So... I'll, I'll tackle that that guy first. So I think I, I understand his point of view where he's where he could be getting frustrated because he kind of saw a snapshot of what you guys were doing. He just sees a Zerg. He talks to the one random Nightblade out there who says he's training them, and then you know that can kind of give off the wrong message or the wrong wrong vibe. So I, I understand that perspective, but 
for me, you know, I was raising the sewers, you know, me and you agreeing back in the good old days, it was all small scale type of stuff. And I think honestly, small scale is the best way to truly train individuals to get, I, I don't want to say get better at PVP, but um, if you're going to compare, you know, training in a Zerg versus training in like uh, a four-man group, I think you're going to get way more success in like a four-man group or even like a two-man group, right? Like a DPS and a healer type of thing. The individual gains that each person will have being able to work off each other are going to far exceed the Zerg mentality in a way. Even if, because say when we used to run with Northhold back in the day when we used to have 24-man groups, we were all good players, but we were we didn't really have anything to learn back then because we already had a we had a sufficient battle experience under our belts that you know it didn't really matter but when you take new players i think it's it's hard for them to understand certain concepts and things like that because they're going to be learning from a group perspective where they have all these different resources to pull from but when you're in a small scale type of group then you have to kind of figure some things out on yourself where the other eight potential players in your group would normally help you out to that degree. So for me, I would honestly, you know, dueling definitely is a great way to raise up individual skill and running BGs. It's small enough where you can get the battle experience that you need to figure out what it is that you're trying to learn, that type of thing. Especially if you go in with a game plan on specific mechanics that you want to improve on during those bgs and i know grim you've said it in the past before maybe like a year a year and a half ago battlegrounds i mean you could also just name them training grounds in a way right as long as you're going with a game plan you should be able to come out with more knowledge after every battle bg that you do inherently improving every single time you go in and come out i think that's my answer i think that's a good answer that is um, a good answer Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think in general, like my, my line and, you know, how you teach and what you do is, you know, it's all subjective on what you think is more important. For me, I'm, I'm more of a rip the bandaid off type of person when it comes to PVP. Like, hey, we're just going to figure it out. And, and you just go in with the expectation that it's not going to go very well the first days. Like you're going to run across good ball groups, you're going to run across Zergs, you're going to run across good organized small man groups, but that's that's the information. And you can go and you can look back at it, you can go, hey, that's what's going to happen. That's where you're going to be. If you keep working at it, you keep coming out here, you keep beating your head against the wall, you keep improving your builds and stuff, you're going to be where they are. And it just it's just going to take some time. And and that's the that's like the reinforcement that I would do is, because yeah, like PvP, if you, if you go into PvP expecting to win all the time and you want to do like small scale PvP, that's not going to happen. Like it's just, it's, it's not going to happen. You're, you're better off running in a very, very large group because that way, you, if, if what you want to do is win all the time, you need to run in a large group. And so that, that's kind of my perspective on it. And, um, I think dueling really helps to figure out builds and stuff and figure out your own personal preferences because oftentimes like the larger the group that you're in, you can get a lot of off help and you think you're okay or you think your build's okay, but you don't realize how stressed your build can be in a 1v1 situation. And so I've always found dueling to be extremely important for figuring out builds and, and learning how to play initially. 
exactly just yesterday and coming up this next saturday at 6 p.m central standard time i organized so for this last saturday and this coming saturday i organized a introduction to dueling and we talked about that very thing and i'm very much uh i, I believe in the bend but don't break methodology when you first start dueling don't be dueling uh with the purpose of like trying to kill each other as much as drag the fights out uh make sure that you always have your armor buff up you always have your um weapon damage or spell damage buff going and then you have hots going or heals over time you can maintain yourself and survive and then figure out how and where your cc's and your damage come into play and for the experienced duelists it's okay for them to burst uh line up their damage and burst on the newer players but do it with the intent not to kill them and put them on the cusp where they need to learn how to turn the fight or fight back like how do i recover quickly and get back into the fight and don't just stick on my back bar you know defensively because it's a long painful death if you can't turn the fight and uh so we focus on that and then what happens is um the experienced duelist will just slowly bait the newer one into recovering quicker lining up their damage better and doing the dance and then eventually the experienced duelist can no longer play with the the newer pvp or, or duelist in that fashion they're actually dueling in that moment and then the experienced duelist starts to actually feel legitimate pressure because they're see being hard stunned every seven seconds and immobilized every four seconds and then it's a resource fight and now all of a sudden now we can play right and that person you take that person through those steps and then take them out into a um a small man say it's just four of us running around they're going to be good for a fight you know like um through that and so i i love that and that group's first outing the first time i jumped into a outing with them i didn't plan on running the group um i was just going to be a fly on the wall to see what the the current yeah. calls and stuff they ran into dots gaming and his ball group and <laughs> i see <laughs> and that's oh, yeah. oh yeah it was murder it was absolutely it was a, you know i think i probably died four or five times and um you know i would push into the group and i'd turn around and you know they're spread to the winds you know they're running and and so uh it was very interesting and um I, I think we did that for about 20 30 minutes and everybody's like man this is really hard and i could tell their morale was breaking right like this was their first introduction and they literally went up against a legit ball group that's well organized and they they got to experience in game you know ball group activity um so if anything it sounds like it could have been foreshadowed to hey this is where you guys are going to wind up in a couple months if yeah. you work if you work hard and stick at it yeah that was that was the that was the message you know to try and you know hang your hat on or the silver silver lining to that was was that so and there are some really really standout players within the group it's not you know all pveers that are coming to it there's i just worked with a healer today her name's lottie dotty and super solid build i um she did a screen share we went through everything her rotation her everything i watched her run around cyrodiil she is pretty impressive and i look forward to running with her so they're getting you know every every level but their intentions are not to run around in a group a big group 
like Icy said, I think some of our most exciting times are when we're whale hunting, right? When it was just you and I and one other person and usually the other person's dead, <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, that's super exciting. Uh, but it takes a while to get individuals to that point to where they could do that. Otherwise, you know, they're the one that's dead on the ground and it's not much fun for them. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember those days going back when I was first starting out, and I remember the first. It was like I remember. I remember saying it felt like the sharks and the jets from West Side Story, where we're in the sewers, and then we were on EP, and we came across this big AD Zerg, but they were coming from like underneath the tunnel. So when they come up the stairs, then like they were all there, and then we're all the. Um, all of us EP were on this side and it was just me and you Graham, I think in the group and like, uh, like maybe four, four other EP guys as well, but we were outnumbered and I, I, I had just joined the gang. I didn't know anything. I was the, the new kid <laughs> on the block type of thing. And the fight started, it was freaking going crazy. I was on my night blade at the time. And I remember I was like, Oh my God, I, I didn't even fight. I just shadow. I did my shadowy disguise. I hid in a freaking corner watching. Cause I was so scared of what's going on. And then of course, right. Just like in the movies, you know, you got the one kid hiding in the barrel and then what happens? One of the bad guys, he falls in front of you and then sees that this punk kid on the enemy team is there. So then he goes after the kid and now I'm freaking running my ass off. And then, you know, um, somebody else came in, like, you know, took care of him for me. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And then once the numbers started to wind up in our favor, then I come out, of course, and I come out with my little uh, butter knife and I, you know, um, surprise attack one guy like twice. And, you know, that was my contribution to the fight. But, um, yeah, those those moments when you're a beginner and you come across like these epic battles down in the sewers, like they really mean a lot to start. But, um, yeah, two, two years later, almost to the day. Uh, I never thought I'd actually get to the position where I am in now. And I remember saying that grim. I was like, I don't think I'll ever be good as you guys, but now I think I'm, I think I'm all right. You're one of the best PVP healers in NA, PCNA. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that far. I wouldn't go that far. I just, I just tell everybody I'm all right. <laughs> fact. It's a fact. <laughs> so, um, the other topic, are you guys good with that last one? I guess. If if you are, I mean, I I figured it's uh, you uh, you pose the question, so yeah, I I'm just interested on how you guys approach it, and I think that yeah, I think it needs to be done right. Like we need to stem toxicity. We need to have some platform where P, where we're getting PVEers excited about PVPing or just people in general. I hate to label them PVEers, right? Because it's not that it's new players to PVP. We want them to be excited about the journey, not dipping their toes in and being like the hell with that. So I uh, think, I think from what is there, no one else said a little bit earlier about the dueling thing. I kind of related to almost just, you know, like college classes, right? You're going to learn the most with a tutor or like a one-on-one -on -one session, right? Dueling in this case. And then your small scale, right? Your four man, six man groups. This would be like your little discussion groups with like five five other students and then like the one teacher. So you get a little bit more personal one on time, one on one time, and you really get to flesh out your ideas type of thing. And then of course, like the 12 man Zerg groups, whatever, that would be your 40, 50, 100 lecture hall sized rooms where the teacher is just kind of spewing all this data out. And, you know, most of the people aren't even paying attention anyway. And you kind of just get by, you get by and that's about it. But, you know, there's some people in the class, like the really smart ones who can really 
learn and take advantage of the group size type of thing. I've always been a fan of the small scale uh, individual lessons because I just learn better that way when I can ask questions and really have a dialogue with the teacher and stuff like that. And I think PVP is kind of the same way where, yeah, you know, dueling is dueling especially for someone who's going to be doing DPS and stuff like that, that's probably the best way. Because I see it from even my healer perspective. When I'm trying to heal people in my solo QBGs, I don't want to be rude, but I think Grim said it first, you can't heal stupid. And I, I can recognize stupid because when, you know, like two, three, four people jump on this one guy, an experienced person knows how to handle it and they're not going to get blown up instantly and I can help this guy get topped off and recover from that fight. But an inexperienced person, they're just going to get blown up and then I can maybe get one burst heal in and then they just go pop. And I said, well, I, I, I'm unfortunate. I can't do much about it because this, in, this person doesn't have the experience to survive on his own because his individual one-on-one -on -one skills aren't there yet. Yep. So that's my bit. Uh, I'm done now. I had the same experience when I was in a, I went in a guild and um, I joined guild chat and people are like, Hey, you should come into the sewers. There's a big group down here. We're fighting. I was like, sure, man. Sounds good. Like I'll help you fight a big group. And he was, they were in a three man and I joined making it four and they were fighting two people and they're like, yeah, let's get these guys. They've been killing us all day. And I'm, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, like, <laughs> no, I, I'm just not going to do that. And, and I, I let them get their fight in and, you know, they lost and they're like, Hey man, like, why, why didn't you help out? And it's like, dude, you got to figure out this stuff on your own. Like, I'm sorry, but I mean, I know that I'm, I'm a little bit different in that regard to where I, I don't normally like run down people, but if you're already three V twoing somebody, I'm not going to jump in and be the fourth. Like you already have the numbers. And if that's a tough fight for you, then it's a tough fight. Like it, it is what it is, but then you got to figure that out, but you're not going to get any better if I jump in. Damn. Yeah. I love hard, that. Is there no one else spitting hard facts right there? Shoot. <laughs> yeah. I just told a story about you uh, yesterday. I don't know if you heard it. I see. Um, we were talking. Me? About, yeah. It, oh. well, it was one of our first outings training wise. And I think you were on Senna when she was a support CC tank. Like mm -hmm. you weren't probably going to kill anyone unless you stand checked them, uh, which you could do in duels. Like it was proven. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it was you and I running around and we ran into like a, I don't know, t 20 man AD group or whatever. And we had talked about this before, but we had never actually been in the field to where we could practice it. But I go in immediately. I jump into the group. I land a heavy attack Dawnbreaker. And, you know, I see how much impact I do to the group. And if I, I start trying to do a couple executes to see if I could catch anybody sleeping. But more importantly, I get a head count of how many healers are in the back row. And there was like four healers in the back row. And so then I fall back just as you pushed in and you're applying pressure on that front row that I just fall, fell back on. I reapply my buffs, I get my heels going, and then I push back in as you fall back. And we're just maintaining constant pressure on them and also keeping our buffs up and keeping our resources up by switching back and forth. And what happened was by maintaining that constant pressure, we got the group to move. Okay, here's a 20-man group or whatever that actually started moving away from us, um, and it established a tail, 
And when it established the tail, we started to be able to kill people, right? And then their numbers started lowering, and then we were able to kill the group, ultimately, because we got the group as a whole to start moving, and the healers, it created line of sight issues, the healers get too far away from the tail, their numbers start to dwindle, and then it becomes a closer fight. Anyways, we wiped the group. You and I are talking about that afterwards. And I said, dude, that was brilliant. Like the way that you relieved me and we switched our front line, kind of like the phalanx, the front line applying pressure, they're fighting. And when they need a reprieve or they need a rebuff or whatever, the second line replaces them. You did it brilliantly. And you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. I was just, <laughs> I saw, I saw you go in and then I was like, I better go in. And as I went in, you were going out and then you're like, I better get out because he went out and then you were going back in and that's how that happened. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was the good old days too when major protection was 30%. Good Lord. Oh, but I remember yeah. after all those fights that we always get into, like my heart is always freaking racing like crazy and like my hands are so sweaty and stuff. Like, oh man, the nerves really got to me back then. But yeah. no. It good was, fights uh, will always do that. It's It's always fun like that. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Thing of beauty. So, yeah, and I get it. That's what that guy's looking for—the one that was trash talking me, right? He's looking for that, and he he wasn't able to get it. But uh, it's an MMO, and um, I can't visualize um, the, the the incoming traffic of PVPers being absolute day one. Like that's how I met you, Icy. You were doing a guild PVP run. I don't know if it was your first run, but you were fairly new to PvP on that guild outing that I ran, right? Oh, yeah. I, I had never done PvP. I had no intention of doing PvP when I <laughs> first joined ESO. But Nice from Great Glory, she was like, hey, we got this guy, Grim. He's experienced. He's going to be doing – we're going to be doing a PvP tour down in Imperial City. You should come along. And I was like, no – um, I'll think about it, but she was like, nah, come on, just, just one time. It's just only be like an hour or two. I was like, all right, fine. So I showed up and then the rest is history at that point. Yeah. How did you get into PVP? Is there? Uh, so I'm, I got into Elder Scrolls with Oblivion and I really, I, I played a ton of Oblivion, like, like a ton, <laughs> uh, hundreds of hours of Oblivion. And I, I told my friends and like, I, I was always like a Halo, Call of Duty, Gears of War player. I like always first person shooters. But I said, if there's ever a PVP game that came out that was like, like Oblivion, I would play that for forever. And <laughs> Elder Scrolls came out and I was like, well, uh, here it is. And so uh, I, I started off um, when it first came out on Xbox and I was a month later than my friends, I joined a month later and they were like V14 through the V14 days. And I'm like, I'm jumping in at V3 and I'm dying off my horse. I'm like, okay, I need more gear. I need more gear. So I'm grinding, leveling stuff up V10 still dying. Cause it's like, like the levels were just, it was different back then. Right. <laughs> and so, and so I'm doing all this and, uh, and yeah. It, it was just really funny because it was like, once I got to V14 and I got my first 1v2, I was hooked. Like, I, I still remember it. And it was, they were they were just as bad as I was. Uh, it was like a, I know one was a Templar. I don't know what the other one was, but the Templar was spamming Vampire's Bane on me. And, <laughs> and, and so it, it was just, it was really funny. And I, like, I, I got hooked at that point. Absolutely hooked. So, 
Yeah, I love that moment. the The moment where they're hooked. Um, that's actually as a trainer, like when you see that, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, we had a a lady run in with us. Her name was Gallant, uh, or is Gallant, um, and in the sewers occasionally we will do a funny tactic where we basically recruit a banner uh one of the single target or single banners or double banners we basically aggro it and then pull it to a group of enemies and then we kill the enemy with the banner right (laughs) and uh she used that tactic to get her first kill in imperial city sewers and she was ecstatic like she left like a paragraph post about how awesome it was and and it was the coolest thing ever and i love seeing stuff like that you know yep nice that's awesome yeah um so like super quickly let's touch base on like maybe no more than five minutes because the really cool topic coming up today is the bard right (laughs) the the bard the bard um but super quickly i think we need to draw attention to this one shot build like uh that is out there floating around and for me i want to draw attention to it rather than hide it or conceal it and not let uh the masses know about it and What's going to happen is there's going to be people, more and more people that are running it in Cyrodiil, but it's going to have to be addressed. Um, abilities or game, uh, things that happen in, in ESO, if they do not have counterplay to them, are not healthy to PvP, right? That's in my opinion. If there's no counterplay, it's not healthy PvP, so I want to get rid of those types of things. And so, um, if I guess... Do you know more about the the one-shot builds and what's going on? And is this a big problem on console? Because on PC, it's an issue. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So I've been I've been talking off and on with heavy attack builds since since Markarth. And and the thing is, is they keep coming out with heavy attack builds in general. Like there, there's just I so so chat or or general chat or whatever. I know what he's talking about because he sent me the link, but if he didn't send me the link of the specific heavy attack build he was talking about, I would have to ask which one because there there's at least three or four. There there's a there's a nightblade heavy attack build. Uh and I can I can show you that one later if you want. Uh there's the Absolutely. one that you yeah, there's one you showed me with uh the DK heavy attack build that's gotten a little bit more it's gotten posted a few more times on on like YouTube and whatnot and and yeah, there's just there's so many different sets that work off of uh, full heavies, and it makes it really problematic. It's really problematic in PvP because some of the stuff is like their big thing is is they want you to be able to respond. They want you to be able to react to incoming damage, and and I I like ganking. Like I I've always been a fan of it, and so for me it's not as big of a deal. But that's that's their motto. Like that's that's what they did with all these proc sets and everything. That's how they made all these adjustments. And so if you have a heavy attack build hitting for 40k, or if you have certain proc sets landing with heavy attacks hitting for 40k plus, that's that's like goes against what you your balance mechanics, in my opinion. So Yeah. That that's my opinion on it too. So I think we need to spread awareness on the the heavy attack builds. I definitely want to see the Knight Blade one. And it's 
there are individuals that are sitting on those builds that don't want to share it, right? Because they're exploiting the hell out of them or using the mm -hmm. hell out of them, right? You know, lots of fun, major lulls. You know, there's a 38k heavy attack on somebody, zero counterplay. But uh, I want to share those so the devs see it and they get rid of, you know, they adjust it. So, yeah. So I think the real Godzilla, he had a community post where he was asking his folks or just people in general, hey, do you guys want me to, or do you like when I make these videos talking about and just making you guys aware of the heavy attack builds and not showing you what the actual build is in detail? How do you guys feel about that? And there was a bunch of responses on there. And I think I read about maybe like 10 or 15 of them and they were all kind of saying, you know, do what you want at the end of the day, but it would be better, I think, if you release the build. That way, I guess it kind of got more traction and then in some weird around way, more people are using it and then Zoss would catch wind of it at some point and then adjust the sets appropriately. Otherwise, sure. how else would it get addressed? Would you just be making some sort of nerf across the board without knowing what sets are actually doing it? What do you guys think? So this is the thing that I've wrestled with off and on for since uh, COVID started. Because since COVID started and, and the devs have worked from home, they haven't been as responsive to changes. Because in the past, like if something was really broken, it got fixed the next patch. Mm -hmm. and, and there's been times where certain builds have not made it... Uh, have not been fixed in a patch. Like we can think of specific werewolves that, that lasted for nine plus months. And so, so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, things have changed. I used to air everything. And now it's like, okay, well, well what do you do? And I, I don't, I don't know if there's like a really good answer. I think part of me is just like, you know what, especially with these types of builds, since they're so squishy to deal with, it's like, just do a wild west. And like for these ones, since, since they can die, post them and and explain why it's broken explain why it's busted uh, because there i mean there is some counterplay you have detect pots you can like if, if they become really problematic you can run a set like sentry you can run a set like sentry on every class in the game now and so um those sorts of things like they it's not great counters but at the same time like um if they don't gank you they die like almost immediately and so it's it's not the same as like the infinite misform or like werewolf setups where not only can they kill you but they never die so uh -huh. i i don't know like i go back and forth on it. it it really depends on how you feel about gankers and everything but but yeah I, I wish there was a way to just communicate with the devs about this stuff and be like hey this is out there this is what it is this is this is what's causing it this is what we think needs to be adjusted and then that way it doesn't have to be posted and popularized and, and everybody's running it and people get complaints because I don't think the devs want complaints either. Like there should be a better system here, you would think. So do you think that the devs should respond or should these builds become known so that the you know kind of just like how nature works, right? Things evolve, they adapt, the community, the PvPers would eventually come up with ways to counter it. Like you said with stealth tech pods or certain builds, you think that's just a natural state of progression things should go or the dev should chime in i think uh i think for stuff like that it's it's pretty clearly overtuned like 
compared to other specs in the game. Hitting a 40k heavy attack is is pretty ridiculous. And so I think the I think the devs should make adjustments and and I think they like I would like them to be quicker especially when you come up with something that's like pretty nasty like this. But at the same time I don't know. Like like I I look at stuff and it's like if it has a counter, like there's stuff that's overtuned right now. Um, like really overtuned and needs to be adjusted. And but I think there's a big difference between overtuned and needs adjustments and absolutely broken and needs adjustments right away because it's game breaking. And and I don't know. For me, gankers are in that that middle area. Like, yeah, it's overtuned. Yeah, it's broken. Yeah, it's really annoying to be fighting one v six and you have that heavy. Like it just happened to me <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Like I, I ran across. Uh, the, the infamous mag DK heavy attacker. Uh, and, and yeah, he, he ate my lunch while I was trying to fight like five or six other people. So it happens. Um, I just had a thought, I don't know. how would you feel based on Gina's communication thing that she did at the end of December? If the lead PVP combat lead, whatever you want to call it, what if they made a post on like a monthly basis on like the state of PVP, how it is now. I'm not talking about performance type of thing, but specifically addressing these things that are overtuned. So say the first week of February, they release something. Hey, just wanted to let you guys know that we are aware that these 40K DK heavy attack snipe builds are coming out and you know, that's not kind of how we want PVP to be right now. So we are looking into it. We'll keep you guys mm -hmm. posted in the next couple of weeks. Do you think that would, would how would you like to see something like that? I would, I, I would like to see, um, you know, this is this is kind of interesting because it's, I forget where I saw this discussion happening, but it's, oh, it was actually with JTK on his PVP council, uh, the thing that he wants to do, and it's really tough to know what they're working on, right? Like, like as an example, um. Somebody asked Rich Lambert in a stream about if the leap bug is going to be fixed. And in de I think it was December or late November. And Rich goes, I don't know anything about the leap bug. Oh, I and, remember that, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the leap bug has been around for like nine months now. And so it's one of those things where it's like, it would be nice to know what they've, what they've heard and they've acknowledged so that we can move on to the other things and, and help expedite the process. But it's... And at the same time, it's also nice to know, like, hey, what haven't you heard of? Because this has been around for forever. Like, Leap should be working by now. And it doesn't. And so, um, yeah, I, it, it's tough, though, because what if, like, in a, in a hypothetical scenario that you're talking about, what if you say, hey, we're looking at this, and then you change nothing? Well, you have to do, like, I think the, the easiest explanation is you write why you're doing nothing, and you explain it. But you you will create a small uproar from players if you say we're looking into this and then you say there's nothing to to adjust. But that's the whole point with communication. Like you're going to have those those arguments and the point of view is, is like you have to you have to at some point just explain like what's going on and why you're doing what you're doing. So Yeah. No, I'd be totally fine if say they 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 acknowledge the issue and then after maybe like two, three weeks, they I guess they backed off. But if they gave reason, I'd be all right with it because mm -hmm. it's that dialogue that they're having with the community. That's really all I want at the end of the day. 
So, well, uh, how how about you, Grim? Yes. <laughs> yes to all of it. I think that uh, good communication is key. I was really surprised that Rich would say something like that. Like, um, I know he streams. I don't know what his stream schedule is, but in one week's time, you would of just playing different classes, you would know that the take flight, you know, isn't working properly or leap isn't working properly. And um, I could, if Rich were to run with us um in just i see alone if he were to run with us i could probably take him to show him 10 different problematic things like passing issues and falling through the floor and uh bugs and different things in in just uh an hour outing right i could run him right through stuff and show him these things so i don't want to do a video and release it showing these things for fear i'd be banned but I could show them a lot of things, and these are things we deal with on a regular basis, but yeah, Leap is one, and we talk about it all the time, but just simple things like getting the weapons back from under our feet, you know, we could use the add-on, or it's a simple weapon swatch, swap thing, or, yeah. um, you know, but there's simple things like that, and... Yeah. I wonder, because I think you've heard the the bit where Rich was doing one of the trials, I forget what it was, it might have been... I want to say maybe not Asylum, Sanctorum, the one with the troll and all the poison, whichever one that is. And there was like some bug with it where he was like, whoa, man, this is way too much. There's like, you know, I don't know how people have been getting through this. So then he texts the trial designer and he's like, yo, you need to fix this. And then, of course, <laughs> there's a patch in the next couple of weeks where this thing gets addressed. So I would be... I'm curious if he did took it take uh, if he did take us up on that offer to run with us in the Imperial City for like an hour or two, and he's encountering all these ridiculous bugs that we are all aware of, and then he's like, "Okay, yeah, let me send a text real quick," and then it gets resolved in a couple of weeks, no problem. Yeah, I wouldn't I, be surprised I think that would if go a long way, you know, yeah, go a really long way if he were running around or he jumped on console, ran around with is there no one else, and it's or not PC. Like, I can play on PC. Yeah, on PC, you know. <laughs> um, but think about this. You're running around Imperial City and then D-Swing stops working or Execute stops working or Take Flight stops working or um, Jabs. I've had it. Icy and I were running around and Jabs stopped working, you know. Yep. Um, or it unbound, you know, I, you bound it to your mouse, right, to the button on your mouse, and it unbinds from your mouse while you're fighting, and then it goes to to the keyboard and just weird things you know also yep. there's a targeting issue on the grates down in imperial city in the sewers um if you're standing on the grates um abilities don't like to work on the grates like and we can simulate it or reproduce it i should say you know i could tell him what loadout to put on his character and then we would just have him run around and then see when he runs into that problem where you know execute just stops working altogether like just graze out you know or crit charge or stampede just stop working altogether you can't use it i've had a battleground before where three abilities i was running stampede uh d swing and execute and all three of those abilities on my two hand bar grayed out and stopped working during the battleground and yep 
So we can put him in a position where he can experience it himself and then he can go, okay, you know, let me look into this and see what's going on. But I think that that would go really far. Like, let's take, take them out, not to expose their game or, you know, nothing like that, but rather than me releasing a video showing this stuff, if we could show them firsthand, I think it would be great. I, it kind of makes sense too, in a way where if, you know, we're, we're all in different states, I think. If you were telling me that you have some issue and you want you want me to give you money to go fix it, I'm most likely not going to do it because, you know, you telling me is one thing. But if I was actually to go there and actually see the issues and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't. Yeah, there's no way you can be living like this or whatever. Yeah, here's the, the funds you need to get the problem fixed, right? So I think... Yeah, I mean that line of thinking I think makes some sense. Where if he is that if he can visually see these things and they're happening to him when he's down here, and that we've been experiencing experiencing this forever, yeah, I think he'd be more apt to get this thing solved because it's it's very relatable to the trial thing that got resolved. Yeah, you can still get hit through the walls by the banners, right? If you're not holding block and they do the lava whip or whatever, and it just or the D swing, the, it's the old school D swing on the two hander banner that sends you flying, and they can just D swing you right through the wall. And now you're outside the walls, you know. Mm -hmm. There's, um, yeah, we could reproduce these things no problem. So, yeah, very crazy stuff. Well, it, make, it makes you wonder. Um, just uh, not not a defense, just a counter makes you wonder how many of these issues are are performance related with like how many will get fixed with the overhaul that they're intending to do like maybe they know about some of the stuff and they're like that's just the server like, like that's just the delay with the server like target out of range potentially is probably just like server lag or, or input error and everything and there's nothing they can really do about it until they upgrade it so i i wonder and that's once again comes down to communication, right? Like, if you can explain this stuff, like, yeah, we know about this. This is not something we can fix. This will hopefully be fixed by the end of the year when we do these upgrades. Then people won't have to keep talking about it. You know, yeah. it's like it's like it's like okay, sounds good. We'll we'll hold you to that, and you know, we'll either play or we won't play, and go from there. Yeah, that's proper communication. That right there, like that you know hey we've noted this it's a it's a targeting issue or it's a range hitbox issue and that's is due to lag or whatever and it will be resolved or you know working on it yeah so um i think that's so, a wrap on this one right or you you have another bit nope that's it set us up for the bard here tell us what the premise of this is and tell us uh set the rules here and how you know how you expect this to work here well i think over the last maybe month and a month and a half there's one or two two themes to is there no one else's videos where you know he only mentioned it for like a moment but you know one was the bard and then the second thing was lusty argonians and i would love to talk about lusty argonians but that's for a different show off the air and so i figured it would be um you know, we take a break from talking about all the serious things about the game, and we just have fun today, and we just talk about the Bard class, and specifically how we would design the Bard class for ESO. So, I know I sent you guys the rule structure in a way. The idea is to make it 
you know, not exactly like the Warden, but similar to how the Warden is set up with Animal Companions, Green Balance, and whatever the winter one's called, right? You know, the yeah. Animal Companions is kind of more DPS-focused, Winter's Embrace. Green Balance is more for healing specs, and then Winter's Embrace is more like a tank spec. So take, you know, those three subclass ideas and then just trans um, transplant them onto a Bard class so... Each class or each 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 archetype is spec'd for that bard class. And start with what you visualize a bard looking like, or like the weapons, or the like. Predominantly, what what do you visualize a bard being like in the game? Because I think everybody kind of has some people's idea of a bard might be very similar to like a rogue, or very similar to like a, you know. I guess lay that down too. Like sure. I picture, I picture a bard with probably some type of musical instrument, or at least their voice, and maybe a bow and some daggers. That's how I picture a bard. So, sure, yeah, that's that's basically how I picture it as well. Especially like I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, a guitar or whatever. But but like, yeah, there's we already have weapon skill lines, so that's not going to work. Um, so yeah. I, I looked into, did some research on other MMOs and stuff to try and draw some inspiration here because it's always been like an inside joke in my Discord that we should have a bard class. And and, and I, I've always thought it'd be fun because the bard is, how I've always interpreted it is it's more of like the jack of all trades type of class. It's like the ultimate support buff debuff type of class. Like probably not the best for the type of PVP that I want to do, like 1VX and everything but it, it amplifies a group in a way that, in a, in a different way that other classes couldn't, right? And, and I think that's where you can make it unique. And so um, draws more on Magicka skills, like every other you know, class basically in ESO, it's more of a Magicka-based spec and, and the, the song or whatever, more of a music-based Magicka class. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I spent a lot of time thinking about damage dealing abilities and I couldn't really come up with anything. So I, I feel like <laughs> you should probably give me an F in that department. Uh, the only thing I could come up with, like in for like the animal companions area, is one of the animations is like you blow a flute and it like shoots, it, it's just a single target CC. And so it, it shoots out music and it basically stuns, like, you know, kind of like mesmerize where they kind of st stand there kind of dazed. Uh -huh. That's exactly what this is. And so it's your single target, so you're stunned and you can, uh, you know, maybe both, maybe one more single target and it gives you, you know, minor protection on the other ones like AOE, Conal in front of you or, or whatever. But <laughs> I couldn't think of damage abilities. So if you guys did come up with damage abilities i'd love to hear some and then maybe that that would help me but i thought i came up with some really cool ideas for like healing focused but we can wait on that yeah i only did the healing spec because that's my specialty <laughs> and as as far Dude. as yeah and i just skipped over the the dps one because i was like no nah, i'm not really interested dps is a turnoff for me and for the tank one the only thing i I thought would be cool. It might be too overpowered, but I was thinking this would be the first class that has an AOE taunt for PVE. Okay, and it's a 28 meter range, but it's the you know it's it's the one thing that would make a tank bard very unique. So you run into That's that dungeon, cool. 
yeah, you run into the dungeon, you press that one thing, and you, you know, you kind of you you pull out like you could almost argue that like you know, all the abilities will pull out some sort of instrument during that cast. So for the AOE taunt, it could be like um, it could be like you know, you pull out like a little war horn and you blow it, and then it it just um, taunts all the mobs within that 28 meter radius, kind of like how. You know, just like you said with the research and other games, I, I kind of jeet kundoed uh, <laughs> some <laughs> ideas from a bunch of um, other games as well to take what I thought was the best parts and then kind of put them in the in the thing. But from surprisingly Anthem, the colossal, the Colossus class, that AOE taunt ability that it has, it kind of goes boom, you know, and then it just taunts all the nearby mobs and it starts just absorbing all this damage type of thing. So I thought. Yeah, it might be a little bit OP, especially for 28 meters, but it would only be good for a PVE type of thing. And yeah, you know, it, it would be pretty cool. Not going to lie. I think it would be. Yeah. What about you, Grim? I did a lot on this. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, okay. Good. Did, did you do, did you do the DPS ones? Cause we could do the, yeah. the healing one last. So let's go through, I guess I, I, for DPS, I have two things. And so first I describe what the animation is. Then I describe what the, um, cast time is. So that way you can compare it to current in-game abilities. And then I compared it to the damage scale. So that way it's not, because I was concerned with building this bard class and it being OP or broken or busted in some fashion. So I wanted to scale all of these to current things that are in the game. And um, so I figured here's one. Um, the animation is he tosses a coin. <laughs> and then it it could be one or the other. The This is a damage ability. And it the total toying... Uh, coin coin the total coin toss time yep. and the actual damage is the same duration as rapid strikes from dual wield okay so you fit the coin toss and the rapid strike within that time frame and either it's a guaranteed crit on the rapid strikes pop 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 or it is a guarantee it's a, a poison effect that um is the equivalent in damage so either way, it doesn't matter which one it is. They're going to be similar in damage scaling unless they're a class that gets bonuses to one or the other, okay? Um, but it's just an animation something. And it's just a flurry of strikes with two daggers. Um, and then, so that one would be called Toss a Coin. And then the other I, one would... I love that name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> toss a coin yeah that's so good right yep, like, yep. Well, he's a bard and, <laughs> and that's where i got my inspiration was kind of from him you know and then i was thinking of an ability and this would be kind of an iconic ability for the game um and it would be called arrow to the knee and yes. he basically pulls an arrow out and he does a little spin and duck and stabs it in the knee of the enemy and it has the same effect as a fossilize that a dk has it does an immobilization and a stun um and so they need to break free of both of those and it would have a similar cost to uh i don't know where we're going with hybridization and stamina versus magicka cost but it would have the same cost as fossilize right because you're getting both of those effects in one and it would be called arrow to the knee 
and uh, super funny because now you go back to Skyrim, right? And I used to be a adventurer like you until I took an arrow to a knee. Oh, you were fighting yeah. a bard. Okay. <laughs> so nice, nice. Um, I didn't do all of the passives, um, and I only basically did two or three abilities per, and but I followed this kind of same recipe. So for healing, I figured we would be utilizing, um, even if they're holding a resto staff, the staff is the weapon, but there's an animation with a harp or an animation with a flute or animation with a whatever, right? Um, and so I figured warrior's praise. Um, here's the real balancing issue. Uh, for this, so hear me out on this. Warrior's Praise, it'll be a certain type of song or ballad or whatever, and he transfers his weapon and spell damage to the team within a radius, and it's X amount. So it's not his total, but it would be, say, 250 weapon and spell damage to the, to his surrounding team. So he, in turn, loses that, but gives it to the surrounding team um, by executing that and maybe there's a cast time and maybe there's a run time or duration so it's a 15 second or 20 second um but it's basically a transfer of weapon and spell damage uh, minor courage or whatever you want to call it I, grim i got an idea what about we take that so you know how oh i don't want to say like a marching band but you know how like they're kind of like beating the drums of war type of thing what if you made that ability like a toggleable okay so now you yeah you have like an you're just producing this battle aura okay and anybody within uh you know we'll be reasonable we'll say we'll make it the same range as hades or something so anybody that's within that range gets uh you know a line of weapon damage and then for every person in that range then it just kind of multiplies i guess up to a point up to a point so with six people everybody will get like 600 weapon damage Right, but if it's just one person, then it's just one. Some some weird scaling like that. I don't know. As long as it's being transferred from you to them, because yeah, yeah, you're what the we would you want is to have a class that could just self buff itself and then turn around and go offensive and just be ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. So I figured warrior's praise. Right now, I have it to where you just cast it. Maybe it has an X amount of cast time. Um, because I figured there needed to be some castables, and then there was uh, some toggle toggleables. Try and say that four times fast. Um, so warrior's praise. Then the next one's called hero's hymn, and it transfers um, minor resolve to the team around you. Uh, there don't se there doesn't seem to be like you got combat prayer, but there's doesn't seem to be a lot of ways to transfer minor resolve to groups. Um, and so I just thought, well, maybe adding access to minor resolve uh, through this hero's hymn and a duration of it. Um, and then I thought of uh, answer the call or invigorating push, whatever you want to call it. And this is the toggleable or channeled. And it transfers um, all the minors, um, like from potions, minor endurance, minor endurance or minor endurance minor fortitude minor force minor whatever but you have to channel it right and uh um so you're stationary it's basically like hitting remembrance on a templar and you're just standing there channeling and aoeing this um so those are my healing things because i figured the resto healing kit is really strong and 
you could add uh, one single burst heal into this. It stands to reason that you do that because soothing spores or whatever on the Stamden or Warden, um, mend flesh or whatever on the Necro. Um, honor the dead. Honor yep. the dead. Breath healthy of life. Yep, healthy offering. Right. And... So you give them a burst heal, something yep. that's tonal or directional, maybe not so much a smart heal, right? Um, and then maybe something that is a hot or maybe something that um, swirls around a particular one and it's a hot, you know, they, they get an additional hot. But um, I also thought about on the damage side of it, like a sleep arrow. Um, but I, you know, I was like, we don't want people to lose control of their character, but I thought, what if we could do like a, it's a stun and they lose control of their character, but it's a long duration. Like if they don't have the, they're stuck in it until they have stamina to break free or they take damage. Oh, kind of like in Smite with Discordia? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly like Discordia. So you could hit somebody with this sleep arrow and unless they have the stamina to break free, they're stuck in it. And um, say their stam regen super low, you know, they're going to be stuck in it for an extended period. Now, you can't line up damage. I can see how it could be exploited. So any damage that they receive maybe is cut in half or offset completely, but it snaps them out of the sleep, right? So that way people can't just sleep arrow and then line up like a heavy attack build on people, you know, or whatever. Um, but I thought about that on the damage side. And then... On the tanking side, I thought, let's listen to me nerd out here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the tanking side, I thought, uh, let's go with evasion as opposed to tanking um, and more approach it like a cowardly, like just dodging attacks and not trying to get hit, you know. Um, but how do I do that and it not be broken as hell, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And so then I thought, well, let's do the first thing in the evasion tree. And I picture it with the, the tanking weapons of choice are daggers. Um, and this item, the first one, functions very similar to the Nightblade Shade, where you activate the ability and then you have to trigger it again to actually execute the thing, right? To do it, uh, to go to the shade. So think of that. We're activating it and there's going to be an animation like when you activate shade you're actually doing an animation to place a shade right and then you have to activate it again to go to the shade so on this one when you activate it you start sharpening your daggers together that's the animation and when you activate it again you port directly behind the target and set them off balance and Maybe you add a small damage component. I don't necessarily want this to be the primary spammable of the class. I could see how it could be broken as hell and people just hit this over and over again and it's a super pain to keep them in front of you. Um, but more so just setting people off balance and getting to their back. Um, and so I was thinking about a well-timed sharpen your blades or whatever. This ability well-timed against in a boss fight and PvP or in PvP, they're lining up their D-swing, and if the animation time is less than the D-swing, you're behind them and they miss, and it would set them off balance anyways. Um, 
then I thought about an ability within evasion that functions similar to mist form, which is problematic in PvP in some scenarios, like with the infinite mist form, but this is, um, it functions similar in mist form in that it's toggleable and it's burning resources while you're doing it, right? And so instead of going into a mist, you actually start spinning your daggers in front of you, very similar to the fire spinner animation. Have you ever seen that? Where you're spinning the fire spear in front of you? Papa likes to do it in the sewers. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, flashy. Yep, I know what yeah, you're about. real flashy, and you're spinning like the fire spear in front of you like you're a fire breather. Um, so you're spinning your daggers in front of you. Or think uh, Deadpool when he's fighting Cable and in the bus or scene or whatever and cable pulls out both of his pistols and just starts shooting deadpool and he's like spinning his swords you know <laughs> half of them are getting through anyways but it was funny um so just like in misform you it's not 100 percent damage mitigation and you're burning resources to do it um and maybe they make this to where it's stationary you can't move around while you're channeling this so it's directional um uh so, and you make the cost associated with it similar to mist form. And then um, I thought about an AoE taunt as well. And I thought it would be funny to do like a targeted AoE. Like you can select the area that you're taunting and it be, he just turns around and slaps his butt, you know, the <laughs> fight me taunt or whatever. And, um, something along those lines, you know, like a, it is an AOE, but it's a smaller, um, placed, you can place it somewhere. So, and then oh. I thought about, uh, praise, the praise me animation. You ever seen that where you throw your hands up and you're like looking around, like, you know, like everyone look at me, you know, I'm awesome. And, uh, so when you do that animation, that's your major resolve and maybe minor evasion because there's not a lot of ways i don't want to combine major evasion and major resolve together but minor evasion and major resolve together since you're evasion based you're not hold you know hold the sword and board and tank it out so yeah. Whew, that's thorough it is thorough oh, you, so you can I go next is there yeah so I had a cup, like I had an idea that I couldn't really figure out how to employ it offensively. I, I want you guys to know that I was thinking about this and I didn't like come in here like spitballing. Uh, but like, I wasn't sure. So in the same way that you have like blast bones, spec bow, curse, sub assault, whatever, like there's, there's delayed abilities that do damage. And, and I wanted to kind of like piggyback off that and not have like the same type of thing where it's a delayed burst skill. But I was like, how could you do something kind of similar to where you could amplify a bard's offensive ability, right? Because more, more often than not, they're known as support, but they should have some sort of offensive capabilities. And, and I kept coming up with, like, uh, I, I think it would have to be, like, an ultimate, right? It, it, I think it would have to be an ultimate. And basically, you play a song, and what, what happens is is... The point is, is like everybody within the area, you basically entrance them and you go from one character to like two or three of the same character. And so you all have the same amount of damage. So maybe it's just two, but 
they don't know which one is which. Like all of a sudden you two just split off and it, it basically mimics, mimics the same skills you are. So you're basically, if you get hit by the ultimate, you're entranced by the bard. And so it would be a way of amplifying their attacking ability and their damage dealing ability by um, basically making like a shadow. So <laughs> I, I was having a really hard time trying to figure out how to like make this work and balance it, but I thought it was a like a really cool idea for like a bard. Like you sing songs and like you have magic and it's like, okay, well you should be able to ensnare people and trance people. How do you do that offensively? Right? How do you, how do you make this an offensive thing? And that's what I was kind of coming up with. I was like, yeah, okay. So, if, so it's kind of like all of a sudden you're fighting two or three bards. You don't know which one's the real one. And so they have, yeah. like, so they have like 200, like you can even have them at like, I mean, the health bars would throw it off, but yeah, that, that, that's the, where I'm having a hard time with. Like, they'd had the same damage, and if you hit a direct damage ability, so do they. And if you block, they block, and then you have to try and figure out which one it is, and you can kill that. it. So but, would it, would it kind of be, I'm, you know, uh, using examples here. So we have, from Warframe, Mirage, right? She can make mirages of, her, of herself. I don't think, I think they do damage, but when any damage tries to go to the images of her, they just go through because she's not actually there. Um, but you're talking about like physical shadow clones of the actual character. Yeah, that's... basically Naruto. So okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. All that, right, and then a... they, but they also mimic exactly what you're doing. Yeah, that that was my idea. Like you can yeah. for. 10 seconds, 15, 20 seconds or whatever, you basically like double or triple your damage dealing abilities on what you're fighting. With a shadow clone jutsu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. That'd be kind of cool. That would be super cool. That reminds me of a, do you know, uh, not Shade, the one that you teleport to, but the other one. Yeah. Does it still summon two or is yes. it? Okay. So. One of my first PvP outings. Well, I think it's I think it's one now. Actually, sorry, it used to summon two. I knew what you're talking about. Yeah, one of my first PvP outings to Cyrodiil. I'll never forget this. Um, an Argonian Nightblade was running up to me, and he hit that ability, and I literally did not know what to do. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and I didn't know who to fight. I I had no clue what to go, what to do. And I'll never forget that. Um, those two. And so that feeling that I had when he summoned that, and, and then now I'm fighting three people. That's what you would inspire with people, and it's awesome. So I could only imagine the chaos. Yeah, and and maybe it, maybe you can't balance that, but Icy just brought up a good point. Like you could use that as a defensive skill. Like, you know, Nightblades have Cloak or Shadow Image or Streak or whatever. What if what if one of your skills is you can summon, like, two, three, four of yourself, and then you can, like, back up and retreat, and now you've, like, basically created... People don't know who to focus, you know? Yeah. So, and, and so oh. that... that and so I, that was just an idea that came to my head, like, when you said that, like, is this, like, a, a shade thing? I'm like... Actually, you could probably make that as like a defensive skill, but I, I was thinking purely offensive. Like, how do you make an offensive kit for a bard? And I was just, I, I was not figuring it out at all. So, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. So what if, okay, we make it an ultimate, okay? And I think the Nightblade, it's got a, 
um, I think it's in the shadow subclass, right? It, you can put down this thing on the floor, some ground targeted thing, and then if you hit the synergy, then your allies can go invisible as well. So what if this shadow clone jutsu ultimate right it had you know there were two morphs to it and one of them was an offensive one one was a defensive one and the defensive one if you if that was the one that you you morphed it to when you cast it you know you well, well i'm just gonna do the warhorn animation right so any enemy that was caught within your 28 meters when you hit that ultimate, it would make you go invisible and then now you're replaced with these after images, okay? That just keep going in the direction that you're going, okay? Or maybe they split up, who knows? But while you're invisible, then you could make a hard left, uh, make a 180 and run towards the guy, but he won't know for like 10 seconds where you are. Yep. And then the yeah. offensive version would be those clones. You know, yeah, they have, um, you know, they're... they're health bars will say 30k right the same as what you are but you know it would just take one light attack or something to make them go away or something like that and if and you know the counterplay right if the guy that was chasing you killed all of them then that would immediately pull you out of stealth no problem if you didn't break it your um yourself on your own um i think that would be legitimate and of course the offensive version those shadow clones actually do damage to some extent, to some extent, like maybe like 10 or 20% each, or maybe that's too much. I don't know, <laughs> but it wouldn't be too crazy. And they just attack things that you're attacking. What about, um, what about an ultimate where it's called turncoat and you shoot an arrow and depending on the class, it automatically drops their ultimate, like whether they have their ult built or not, it expends whatever they have and drops their ultimate on them right where they're at. So it's your ultimate itself isn't necessarily doing damage. You're using their own weapon damage, their own whatever against them, and they're so like if it's a uh, necro, they DK or if it's a necro, they do um, chungus on themselves. You know the the big smash, boom, boom, boom. And yep. if they're in their group, then they just smash their group. If it's a DK, maybe they um, drop their banner and and um you know they're taking damage from it um if it's you know uh templar it's the nova right drops it right on their location and so and it scales off of their their stuff or it could scale off your stuff too i guess however it works but that'd be kind of an interesting play right i expend my ultimate to have them drop their ultimate on their group right on their location yeah uh That'd be a really fun idea. I just like it's like what if what if what they're running is a resto alt, <laughs> and you make them heal themselves. Yeah, um, well, it's it's such a cool idea though. And luckily, we're we don't have to game test this stuff. But yeah, that's that's super unique. And that's, I mean, that's what I'd like to see with the new classes is unique, completely different. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, think about it more so from um, class wise. So even if it's a templar with a resto in their hand. Um, and even though they have, um, say, the Resto Healing Alt as their ultimate, if you hit a Templar with it, they drop a Nova on themselves, regardless mm -hmm. of, you know what I mean, like what they're, you know, that would probably be the easier play. But What uh, if you stole their ultimate, or you took a portion of their their alt, like the, the alt cost that they have stored up? Yeah, that would be kind of cool. You just steal their ultimate, and it's immediately, yeah, you can use it. 
Yeah. So it's like your ultimate maybe it doesn't steal it but say you know it's like a one for one right i'm gonna use my ultimate to make you drop yours so yeah. if you're sitting on a 500 battle org and i my ult cost only cost me 120 you know i can just hit my alts if i as long as i target you when i do it then i set you to zero in exchange for mine yeah it's like what did you get Ooh, i got corrosive let's go <laughs> so you're, <laughs> you're oh no uh... i'm not talking about stealing his ultimate i'm just saying we just we just it's almost like doing a negate on the on the guy, but instead of a negate, it's literally I'm put dropping your to zero. Yeah, just put uh, their all the all they saved up to zero. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be annoying. Yeah. Imagine idea, trying though. to. Yeah, it would be pretty pretty ridiculous too. All Gen Bard, all he does is steal people's ults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what this about... is the ultimate stalemate class. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> What about uh, Ensorcel or something like that? Or maybe you call it Turncoat and the other ability is Arrow to the Knee or whatever, but um, you hit somebody and similar to Discordia, they lose control of their character for three seconds or four seconds. And so they're stunned. If they break free, then it's over. But if they don't have the stamina to break free, they're just not in control of their character and they're attacking people around them. So they could be dropping the Dawnbreaker, they could be take flight, they could be de-swinging someone. They're just like, um, they People lose. get so pissed. Yeah. What's that? People get so mad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That would be, a, I know we're not getting too technical here, but I, to implement team killing for, for their, as part of an ability, I think that'd be kind of, kind of hard to do i could see it more fire on <laughs> yeah just for you know the the two seconds or whatever until you break free yeah i think that would be a little bit ridiculous but i, I would be more along the lines of you know i think also with discordia i think or no not discordia the oh yeah her ultimate where all your movement stuff gets reversed so when you hit right you go left and when you go left you go right and that type of thing i could see that being uh, a little bit more easier to implement for what was it your sleep arrow okay yeah yeah that's awesome um i do before we close out on everything i have one more thing to just kind of bring up oh wait we're not we're not done talking about the healing stuff yet we haven't even done that nope that's fine okay uh did you want to go with yours uh, is there because <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm excited to share mine yeah, I didn't. I didn't really come up with any names, but but like we already have classes that have really powerful healing, right? Like there's already classes that have that. And what I would want from a bard is probably to have the weakest off healing spec of the group, but have insane abilities to buff your group. And so I'm. I was thinking of like, you know how like uh, war wardens have like budding seeds, which also is like ground AOE major defile. Uh -huh. um, and it's a nice burst deal. Like th those types of abilities for a uh, bard, but it's like major vulnerability, uh, major maim, those sorts of things. So, so the the buffs that aren't on a ton of classes, like Necros have vulnerability, and it's in an ultimate. Give it to a bard as like a class ability, and yeah, it can still be a heal over time, but it's also vulnerability. And then you also have like you know, activating your armor buff also provides AOE minor maim or 
or whatever, or stuff like that. And just basically providing like these buffs that um, other classes don't have access to. Like if you look at Kid Marcher, Kid Marcher has major cowardice and, and you know, major maim and where where else are you getting those? They're they're very hard to get access to. And I think mm. those those buffs would be perfect to throw onto a bard class to buff and amplify groups. And so I, I that's what I was really excited about. It's like, yeah, I mean, I know it's the healing tree and I'm I'm kinda like ignoring the healing partially, mm. but but the the entire goal that I've always seen with a bard is amplify, like make your group better make them tankier make them do more damage and having the ultimate jack of all trades toolkit there i think would make it really cool and then obviously like the defensive one is you know you have your armor buff and then you have you know it's 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 a little bit easier to figure out right so mm -hmm. yeah i love that that's exactly what my envision or my vision of a bard was amplifying the people around him maybe even in his own you know, like I had my healing things transferring stuff for me to the team, you know, so that way we weren't. Yeah. Because yeah. could you imagine just being able to buff yourself and the team? Like you could run around on that character solo and just have all the majors and minors and build into damage and just be scary. So. Yeah, yeah. I did kind of I was I wasn't trying to consider it, but, you know, there's a, you know, a stamina bard, magical bard gank bard bow bard tank bard you know all these different types of things that you could do um but i was like yeah that's the tank dps specs i'm not really worried about that but you know if, if zoss was going to do something like it then i'm sure they would figure something out that was lovely um but for my healer class i kind of went along that same path as well where um you know i again i jeet kundoed from league of legends smite and my first three abilities were similar to how Sona from League of Legends has her stuff where her first ability is, um, you know, when she activates it, it'll hit, you know, X amount of people nearby. I think it's up to two. But then the aura that's left behind will boost your weapon damage, maybe like one line or two lines of weapon damage, you know, as one morph. And then maybe if you pick the other morph, it'll be more of a debuff for an enemy, say hit them with minor vulnerability or something like that and then the second ability would be the heal so that'll be your burst heal and you know for these ranges or like the auras that are left over you know they'll all be the same as Hades so then if you want to stack Hades on top of it as well for like really nice healing that'd be cool but for the burst heal I was kind of thinking okay we'll do a you know it'll be on initial activation it's a burst heal with a say a 2k damage shield all right and then also it provides a little hot for you know 12 seconds whatever and then the inverse would be uh, you know maybe inflicting minor maim on enemies on activation or uh yeah minor maim on activation and maybe doing damage instead kind of like you have the extended ritual with the templar and the other morph does damage type of thing and then the third ability would be the movement speed buff, right? So on activation, everybody gets like a nice big um, major expedition, whatever. But then the, we have a lingering minor expedition as long as you're within the aura the whole time. And then conversely, it'll be a snare on activation. Uh, and then as long as you're in the aura for any enemies that come through. And the fourth ability, I just kind of skipped it. But the fifth ability, all right, I call this duet 
all right, or you could do a duet, dual partner, whatever. And I take this one from Aphrodite from Smite and how she can link up with a with an ally or kind of like how guard works, right? And when you do that, both of you guys, the base form would be you both get movement speed bonus by 5%. And then one morph is that, yeah, it obviously provides the movement speed, but any of the three abilities that I mentioned earlier are doubled for both yourself and that linked up target, okay? He's getting pretty exciting, right? <laughs> and then the other morph of duet would be, I don't know, just call it Heckler or something. And so, <laughs> well, I just thought of that just now. That's actually pretty good. And you would link up with an enemy and then you just provide some really annoying snare where you're kind of just kind of like a Heckler would just kind of beat down on you while you're trying to do some stand up. So you're just kind of stealing their movement speed and you're and you're taking it instead. And we'll say it, it either could last forever so you could steal 100 percent of their speed and they just become a sitting rock the whole time and i think if that was the case then that ability could be cleansed so that you know they'd have to just recast it and then the the steel would have to start over again but i think so having like the vatishran staff doing that yes okay. but in this case it's, it steals speed instead of doing damage or whatever it does yeah okay. and then um while you're in the duet link the ultimate for the subtree would be just like how Aphrodite's ultimate works. It gives you invulnerability for two seconds. I think two, two seconds is a perfect amount. And then one morph would be, you know, extend the duration to four seconds, very simple. And the other morph would be you gain 30 ultimate if you use it while in execute range. So we'll just say it's like 30% or 25% health. So if you use it in those clutch moments to save yourself, then we'll, we'll give you 30 ultimate in return. Now, okay, if you choose the other morph that gives you four seconds and you link up with your target and you use your ultimate, well then, now you got eight seconds of invulnerability, okay? So you, you're immune to CCs, everything, and damage for eight seconds for you and your target. I think that'd be pretty cool. And of course, none of this BS 15 meter range that guard provides. We're gonna bump that up to maybe like 20 meters or like 25 meters because we want to have some some running distance so we can tag team and do some cool stuff because guard the guard range is just too small for to make it anything really cool and exciting so um so that was kind of like my first iteration of how i thought about the healing thing would be and then the other iteration would be that you kind of take all those abilities and you make them toggleable so that they actually have a magic cost that's constantly ticking the whole time and we'll say we'll make it just like the the DK Cinderstorm, right? It just kind of takes like 100, 100 Magicka or like 200 Magicka per second, something like that. So you could have an attack buffing aura, a healing aura, and a movement speed aura active the whole time. But hey, those are additive. So if, say, the base is 250... 250 per ability and now that's ticking 250 per second well 250 times three is 750 at 750 magicka per second you know the, um you know maybe you know increase the cost whatever whatever it is just to make it a little bit more balanced you're gonna have to be maintaining that magicka okay and then so you're gonna have to be heavy attacking so you know there, there's gonna there's a there's a give and take to all of it so that that would be my iteration of the bard class for the healing spec um cool yeah I like that. Yeah. Oh, and the ultimate? I call it Spotlight. 
I like that too. I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't come up with it. Any names? I'm so bad at naming things, like my character names, my account name. <laughs> I just I can't name anything. So, well, I think for for League of Legends, what they did in the beginning, they just kind of pull from you know other languages, right? I think you know half of Sona th Sona's abilities were like Italian, like accelerando that's not italian but you know just make it like like crescendo uh accelerando i don't know just make some stuff up just make it sound like something foreign or anything like that do so. you think it would be problematic to give um a bard class the ability to transfer like to assign taunt to a character a player on the team so like um you actually target a teammate with it, and when you use the ability, they gain aggro. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, hold on, hold on. So we'll take the, the AoE taunt ability, right? So you have one morph that will be the PvE morph, right? Which is, okay, you're going to do this Colossus, you know, and, and, and pull it on the aggro. But when you do that, because it is an AoE taunt, which is technically overpowered as hell, <laughs> you also inflict a non-cleansable, we'll say minor vulnerability, just to make it safe, right? Or, or maybe you just in, uh, a, a unique debuff to yourself, right? You just take five percent or ten percent more damage. And then the other morph would be now you put that on a target, okay? So that person is now calling in or taunting mobs, and not just any mobs. PV, well, you know, specifically, I guess PVE mobs. So you could say Grim, for example, right? Say we're gonna gank somebody, and I'm on a, I'm on my bard support. Okay, I could throw this on an enemy in the sewers or in Imperial City, and with all those Daedra running around, he is now a beacon. You know, kind of how in Jurassic Park, when I'm coming with all these freaking references for nothing, kind of like how in Jurassic Park, right? You know, you don't want to make any noise because then all the freaking T-Rexes and stuff are going to come running in and trying to see what the source is, right? Similar concept. You put this beacon of, of an audio signal on the target, and then that'll start aggroing all the surrounding mobs within 28 meters so now you got the day running after you you got all the zivkin running after you i think that would actually be a pretty cool mechanic you know that would last say like we'll make it 10 seconds just to make it a little bit balanced i guess yeah. and it's cleansable it's cleansable i could see how it'd be problematic in imperial city or like it could be used you know you could yeah use it. that'd be a lot of that'd be really really cool actually yeah oh man that, that's all i had yeah. Uh, anything else? Is there no one else before we close out? So we don't have to talk about it, but it just happened. And oh, so I'm, I'm sure you guys saw it. What do you guys think about the drama that happened yesterday? With Horcrux? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I see. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, I, I've only got 500 subs. I'm trying to stay out of the, the target line, okay? So, you know, you guys got more to lose than I do. So uh, I'll let you guys speak. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think you have to be pointed. I was just curious if you guys saw it, if you guys knew what was happening. And Let me well, do this. podcast with ESO, so. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, we're going to give Horcrux the benefit of the doubt. And we're going to say that he didn't realize when he was looking at the metrics that he was zoomed out on his and zoomed in on theirs 
Okay, mm -hmm. and you, you can actually see that in the comments section that, well, of course, it's going to look notched like that when you zoom way out, right? And also, um, the the more views that the individual has, and I think Real Godzilla just did a video on this not too long ago, but the more viewers mm -hmm. or subscribers that an individual has, um, the... YouTube algorithm, everything works different for them as far as when yeah. they gain the viewership. And so that's actually representing, that's what we're seeing is when you see the stair step effect, A, you're zoomed in too far. If you go back and watch, he zoomed closer in than he is looking at his. And so you'll see a stair step effect. And two, they have so many subscribers that their increments only grow by a thousand at a time. And so I think that that's what's going on and why the video was probably taken down, but probably in bad taste to put the video up to begin with. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I know. I, what, uh, what, I know. So, uh, oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. Sorry. So just really quick, I, I want, I asked you guys the question, so I don't want to say too much, but I do know that uh, YouTube changed their policy on subscribers due to your subscriber amount, due to the T-Series and uh, PewDiePie subscriber thing from a few years ago. Like they used to have them individually, but now if you look at it, like if you go look at my subscribers, it says 11.5K, but it doesn't give you the exact number because they're trying to prevent those types of like uh, individual increment checking. And so these off-party sites, if you have under 10,000, it does increments of 10, so 10, 20, 30, whenever you get them. Uh, if you have 10,000 to 99,999, it goes increments of a hundred. And so <clears throat> that's why it's showing up with hundreds for, uh, Godzilla because he's at 15,000 subscribers. And so every time he gains a hundred, they add a hundred. It's not a hundred that day. It's a hundred. That's when he hit his hundred subscriber. And so it's the same thing for Deltia and Dots Gaming. They're over a hundred thousand. So it's showing a thousand subscribers. So they're hitting... Every time they hit a thousand subscribers, when it's showing up on there. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. But go on with what you're gonna say. No, yeah, no, that's legit. And I know for those two videos I did recently that were a little bit math focused. It's when I was putting that together, I had to make sure that I was doing all the math right and checking things twice, three times, four times, because the last thing I want to do is put out something that has some sort of weird error on it because I didn't do my due diligence and verify that these things were particularly correct. And <laughs> wait, cause I know when you do something like that, people are going to make fun of you or they're going to call you out and do all these types of things. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, after, yeah, after I saw, it, um, the real Godzilla's video, I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine, um, like not checking, when you when you're doing something that's like a calculation type of thing, and then you you write up a whole video or whatever, and then that you know that calculation is your talking point, and then only to come find out that people are putting in your comments, yeah, that's not right. You, what about this, this, and that? And then you didn't even consider it, but you just did a whole yeah. like video about it. Oh man, it's um, as my professor would have said or uh, said to me once. Good thing you found that out because this would have been an embarrassment. <laughs> So <laughs> it's, it's a serious, it's a serious accusation, right? And you have to, you have to make sure you know what you're doing. You have to make sure you're right. And if you're not right and you think it's speculation, you don't say anything until you figure out it's right. And 
if you do and you're wrong, the the only correct thing to do is to apologize. Like just go, hey, yeah. I'm really sorry about this. This is my mistake. I I'll be better in the future. And you just you take the lump. Like I mean, I've been wrong on my channel multiple times. It, it happens. You do numbers. You you say something. You get something wrong. Or sometimes you you think the right thing, but the the words come out incorrectly, and you're like, yep, my bad. And, and that's just what it is. Like, if your goal is to try and provide the best information, you have to, you know, suck it up and admit when you don't, when you're not providing the best information. So, yeah, needs to be careful not to alienate himself with things like that. It's better that the content creators uh, collaborate together, work together to like it. In my opinion, it's on us to instill or stem the toxicity in the game and to and you know to educate and to help guide to build enthusiasm about the game or changes or share real you know like nobody's talking about this but it's still a thing like take flight is still not fixed you know um yep. so we want to keep that at the front of people's minds you know so it's addressed so, but he just needs to be careful. Otherwise he'll find himself, you know, um, it's a tough, he's in a tough position. And I think the best thing to do for him, do a video that just says I was wrong, <laughs> you know, like you're saying. So, yep. Yeah. And, and everybody makes mistakes. Like we all make mistakes. That, that was my point of view. It's like, yeah, you messed up. It's okay. I'm going to mess up in the future. I'm going to mess up again after I mess up then. Like, like you just, it's going to happen. And so, um, the interesting thing to me is like when you look at other video games, you know, you see like I, I don't know how many other like YouTube circles you're in as far as video games go, but we're ESO is like the small fish in the pond in the grand scheme of things. Like you have the Minecraft, you have Madden, like you have all these big titles with really, really big YouTube content creators, right? And ESO is nothing like that. ESO is nothing like that. We have there, there's a few big ones, but it's mostly just, you know, like, like people look at my channel and they're like, oh man, yeah, you're one of the bigger ESO channels. Yeah, but relative to like what other video games have, it's, it, it's really not, it's really not that big. And so relative to the amount of people that are in this game, it's not that big. And so it's just one of those things where it's like the community in an MMO is what brings in everybody right and so if if we're attacking each other it's just gonna turn like most people don't like combative stuff they just don't they just don't like that the really edgy combative stuff and it's just better to you know be working together on stuff like this and not you know like if i'm not saying don't go after content creators i'm just saying come correctly if you're going to go after anybody like if you're going to so yeah that, that's how i saw it yeah i agree and you were one of the individuals that he called out on it right you deltia um real uh, no I, no i wasn't in the video but my uh my graph looks the same because i'm over ten thousand, so i have 100 increments so yeah. if he looked at mine it would have been the same thing so yeah um but yeah i mean you make a mistake it's fine suck it up move on keep making content for the people that like your stuff but but just just a just an apology, like a full, dude. I fucked up. 
Like this is, I can see where this has come from. My bad. Move on. And I saw you did make a video and like there was a little apology, but then he was, it, it was just, it didn't look like an apology to me is all. It so didn't come off as sincere. Yeah. Yeah. But. Okay. Cool. Um, I do have one other thing. So, so the last thing that we want to talk about, and this literally just come through while we're recording this podcast, Nephis messages messaged me with some more information. So Deltia reached out to me about a week ago. He and I have yet to talk about this yet um, in detail. Um, Nephis reached out to me three days ago and he and I got on a call at about 4 a.m., right? He was getting ready to go to bed and I was getting up. And if you go to his Discord, Nephis's Discord at the ESO University, he has a channel called ESOCon, okay? And this is something that he was toying around with the idea of, you know, so there's no PAX East, West, or whatever, TwitchCon, due to COVID and Omni and, you know, whatever else right now. But could we organize as content creators our own get-together or, or our own, you know, ESOCon? And so Nephis and Deltia were talking about it, and they said, you know, I know somebody that could probably put that together that would be grim and i've put things you know five to ten thousand people events together before so yes we could do it and so we're at the beginnings right now we know this right now um they're aiming for sometime potentially this year after july 4th and they're looking at denver colorado because that's kind of as far as the u.s goes an easier meeting point for everybody throughout the u.s and it could be something as extravagant or as big as it's um, multiple vendor booths and each content creator has a vendor booth there that they could sell their merchandise and be on hand, do autographs, do photos. Um, maybe we they could even do a live stream um, and we can do special events. I can get the recruiters, uh, the, the Marines, the... Uh, Army National Guard, they have RVs and Humvees and uh, AR, uh, like, or VR, virtual reality and augmented reality, like, trailers that they bring with, like, uh, Call of Duty-type gun ranges in them. They have the blow-up jousting pits. And uh, anyways, I could make this happen at a pretty big level, or it could just be the content creators themselves getting together and creating their own videos and footage and meeting each other and hanging out well nephis went and contacted gina and some of the devs and gina responded um let me read that response he just sent this over just a little while ago she said go ahead and shoot me an invite please i don't know if we'll be allowed to travel at that point but i'd like to to keep a pulse on it in case we can and so Gina's in the loop as far as attending this because Nephis's idea was let's get the devs there and let's the devs meet the fans and let the devs meet some content creators and maybe we, we as the content creators make our own thing happen rather than waiting and hoping that Zoss and, you know, Zenimax Online sends an invite to us. Maybe we invite them. And so I... I told Nephis that I could probably get the devs and Gina and anyone else from Zoss, uh, it, I could probably get their expenses paid 
to the event and paid for the weekend or whatever it is. So it would be a free event for them to attend. Um, I'm certain I could get that. So anyways, I don't know what's your thoughts on that. Just with that information, both you guys. Sounds like a wild time. You just dropped a, holy crap, man. Like, you should have started the podcast with this. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, we could yeah. talk for another hour about how cool this is. So, yeah. so I didn't have details on it, and Nephis literally just messaged me. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Before, so, um, <laughs> no, I know. I'm just playing. Yeah, but yeah. So I think that that would be pretty cool. We can totally pull this off at whatever level, and maybe it's a ten thousand square foot facility with local businesses that have we are going through the like great resignation right now and so businesses are putting money into finding qualified leads so there could be local business support i would definitely reach out to the alcohol distributors and pepsi and coke and um we could locally get radio play and get print and i can make a lot of things happen for this it actually works very similar to organizing a combat sports event which we do i do all the time so it would honestly be sick, and I would I would definitely be in. Um, I I will tr I would try my hardest to make it to there, and, and yeah, that, I guess that would be the face reveal, I suppose. But yeah, it, that that I, that honestly sounds awesome, and the coolest part about it is is it's kind of what everybody's been talking about this this entire last three or four months is just community. Like Nefis did a great video on the community, like talking about toxic casuals his video and yeah. he uh -huh. he brought up the point of like hey this is our community we built this this is ours and and that like that part really resonated with me was this is our community and and yeah i i would i would totally be in for something like that that'd be that'd be great cool will you do, bring something up like a poll to see where the interest lies with your community and i'll do the same on mine we'll have nephis he's already through his discord and we'll have delta do the same and we'll just try and build interest to see how many you know a lot of people fans or people that play eso they might be like sounds cool i just don't know that i can make it work or they might be like count me in i'm there you know and it would be kind of cool to get a rough head count i guess yeah, like an initial headcount would be good. And then as long as like when you have updates on what vendors there are and like where you're getting it, like what uh, hypothetically like if you were to rent out a space, I can keep amplifying that too. Like, hey, this is where it's going to be. This is where this is where uh, this is what we have there. And, and like that'll help also generate interest. So, yeah, well, that all transpired within the last five, ten minutes. So cool. <laughs> Nice, big, big things. When do you think? We'll say, we'll say it's like mid July, right? How long do you think we would know, like it's set in stone, uh, to start like kind of planning and stuff like that? Like we got like three months heads up, four, five, six. Yeah, I, the more the better, you yeah. know. So first, I need to have that call with Nephis and Deltia simultaneously to kind of get an idea visually or like in their mind what they envision and then we probably need to put together the you know how real is it right now maybe i reach out to pepsi and coke maybe i reach out to the alcohol distributors and they're not in a position to 
uh, be involved. Maybe I reach out to the recruiters, the Army National Guard, the Marines, and the Air Force, and they're not able to get their hands on assets. Um, you know, so there has to be a little legwork. Maybe I contact the venues, and we don't know what the uh, requirements are right there. Maybe they're still like 50% capacity or something to that effect in Denver. I don't know. Mm. So maybe they have zero requirements right now. So there's a little bit of fact finding. I would say that'll take place over the next month. And I'd like to be five months out from this. So that way we could get a great advertising and marketing push for it to see if we could get people from ESO to travel out and meet each other. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. It'd be really cool. And I really like Denver, so I'm, I'm cool with going there. So. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Huh? Awesome. All right. So with that extra announcement, of course, if you want to listen to an audio version of the podcast, you can go find us on Anchor. We always put a link in the description below, as well as a link to the Discord where you can find us and chat with us about anything ESO related. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. See ya. You could say bye, is there? See ya. Sorry. <laughs> Excellent. You're going to say bye-bye, Argonians. Bye-bye, Argonians.